It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Skinnerd? I don't know who this is. Nah, I don't think it's Leonard Skinner. I mean, come on. Look at that. He doesn't even know what he's playing here. Madonna, my ZZ Top. ZZ yeah, Top. Yeah. Well dressed man. Okay, that was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Oh, by the way, you see what I'm waving myself with here. Looks like a Japanese fan. Yeah, Japanese oh, American uh, parade yeah. here, right? I've been there every year. I have Guardian Angels in Japan, my international director, Keiji Oda. Two cops come up to me, white shirts. Get out of the street. What are you talking about, out of the street? No, no, no. You're not registered to be here. I'm up at the bandstand there. The mayor was going to start the activities. I said, you got to be kidding. What is this, the beginning of the campaign now? You're going to tell me I can't be up here? No, no. Where were you? You were at the bandstand? Yeah. This is where it starts. You know, the mayor, uh-huh. officials do salutations and greetings. I said, okay, I'll go all the way to the back with the guardian angels. I go there. The parade organizers you can't march in the parade. You're not registered. I said, oh, oh the campaign's starting early. Huh, huh? Eric Adams upset that he didn't win the Asian vote the last time around, so now you're going to ban me from a Japanese-American parade? What the hell is that, Anthony? Yeah, never let him see you sweat. I don't like that strategy by them. Not late. But I'm also I'm a little surprised that the... I mean, it can't be that big a parade. I mean, I never oh, it's did getting it. big, but that, Japanese... Where was it? Uh, it's on Central Park West. Goes from about uh, 82nd Museum of Natural History all the way down to 72nd near the Dakota. That's not bad. A large, a large, getting larger, but it's mostly suburbanites. Most yeah, of the yeah. Japanese live in the tri-state area. They don't really live in the city. But oh boy, did I put up a stink! Oh, did I put up a stink! And man, people were like, "Yo, Curtis, what's up? What's up?" Then a call came in from Japan. What are you hassling Curtis and the Guardian <laughs> Angels for? I mean, isn't that ironic? Calls coming in from Japan. Leave Curtis and the Guardian Angels alone, and not here in New York. I, but that's look. We, I I believe in the ethos of when you're an incumbent or you're the front runner, you're someone like Eric Adams. Never let them think you're getting under their skin. And so the idea that they're going out of the way to move you off a bandstand, get you out of a parade for the for the Japanese American parade here two years before a not year even and a half a significant election. vote. I don't really. You're going to do that. It's the it's called the Chinese, the Korean vote. That's the big vote that I won the last time out, guys. You, you see, their problem is they don't know the difference between Asians. <laughs> That's why they lost the Asian vote. Oofa! But anyway, I, I heard a bit of your program as I was coming in. I walked down Madison Avenue. Anthony, I was shocked at the number of empty storefronts, big, midsize, and small. And they're growing. Because I guess people have finished their leases and they're not, you know, up in their lease. I'd say about, it's, it's, probably about one out of every four of the stores along Madison Avenue. I walked from 
79th Street, all the way down here, all along Madison Avenue. And I, I, I was really shocked. You get to see a lot on the weekend that you might not normally see during right. the week. I mean, Ma- Madison is weird in that area. It's kind of not really office space, much of it. I mean, you probably saw the numbers I talked about them at the top of the show. We had two, uh, two four million passenger days on the subways this week, Thursday and uh, Wednesday and Thursday, which is getting back to pre-COVID levels. Times Square, that area, Midtown, seems to be doing okay around us. They're more kind of Class B office space. You know, they have all these areas where you'd think people would be out eating lunch. Now, obviously on the weekends, but during the week, out eating lunch, empty. Like these places, like how, how do you really tell whether the office space or the people are coming back? The first warm days, everyone streams out and wants to have lunch outside. And we have, we've had those first warm days the last couple, of, uh, couple of, last week or so. And it's been kind of empty. It is still a problem. The tourists seem like they're back, though. A lot of tourists. I'm sure you saw them on Madison Avenue. But, yeah, the the, the commercial spaces on places like Madison, Lexington is that way also. But there are there is some uh, positive uh, economic development in commercial space. Weed stores. Weed stores popping up everywhere. <laughs> you know, I, I read, in, and this isn't in our rundown, but I, <laughs> I read the changes that they were making to laws to make it easier to crack down on this. Why they're, like, going to make it so that the Department of Business Affairs can go in and just give the – make it continue to be a crime to distribute marijuana at certain quantities. It should still be against Anthony, the law. After two just let years, the cops go do it. Two years it was made legal by Andrew Cuomo. There's only nine legal pot shops mm. from Buffalo to Brooklyn. There are thousands of illegal shops how do you think you're going to just padlock them, close them, seize all their contraband, and they're suddenly going to go away? They've created more of a marketplace. Yeah, but I don't I, – look, I don't think it's that hard. To, I think one of the reasons why it's springing up the way they are is they, they look at the law and said, what's the worst that can happen to me? I mean, these people are doing it so – you know, they, they made some changes in the budget deal that made it a little easier. Like, for example, as you pointed out on previous shows, they don't actually sell you pot. They sell you like an old – DVD or a teddy bear. There's one place near me that the thing that they give you, they say, all right, I want, I, I want a four-gram teddy bear. They say in a teddy bear and it comes free with some marijuana or yes, whatever yes, it is. Yes. But they make, no, they make no bones about it. And part of it is because I, I took my local beat cop to the one that's three doors down from me, right next to a daycare center, by the way. And he says, nothing I can do about it. I said, of course you can do it. This is an illegal distribution. This is an illegal sale. He said, no, you got to call the Department of Business Services, and then they come in and they, they, they pull your lease and whatever it is. I think you've just got to make it a lot easier because right now, if I'm a legal permit holder, I'm furious because these fake places are everywhere. By the way, you know who did a little crackdown recently in Queens? One Melinda Katz organized How long will that last? Well, you took wagons. The wagons will be back. The point is there is no end to this because capitalism prevails. What the state has done is a form of socialism, government control. They're going to pick the people who run the shops. There has to be equity. You had to have had problems before with the law, especially when it deals with drugs. By the time you vet out all these people, first off, they're not experienced in business. They don't know how to run a brick-and-mortar store. If you really want to make taxes from the weed that so many people are using and the ancillary products of weed, you got to put people in there who know how to do business and pay taxes. I think what you're going to have to do is you're just going to have to give uh, a – you're going to have to declare a moratorium and just let these illegal weed shops know you're coming in and you're collecting taxes. Because if not, uh, you're never going to catch up. Well, I th- yeah. I mean, so the idea around legalization of anything is always to kind of take it from a black market thing – 
tax it, expose it, and you know treat it like any other normal commodity. Now, I have a problem with marijuana being that, and I've described that to you before. I think it's 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 too much, too soon, too fast without us knowing the ramifications. It sends a really strange message to kids like Jordan's age who are 11 and 12 sure. experimenting sure. because you're basically saying don't do something that is basically lawful. But putting that aside, if you don't come down like a ton of bricks after you do the legalization, if you don't come down to a ton of bricks on the on the outliers, the people who decide to stay in the shadows, you make it impossible. Now, according to the law, they're supposed to choose people based on their experience running other businesses. That's one of the qualifications that they have. So we don't know. Maybe these five or six places that are open will be very successful. But I'd be furious if I've invested in in retaining lawyers and going through this process and getting selected only to find on the same block that I'm on are three or four illegal places. No, taking, light up, it, but most importantly, spend some money. That's right. Light up, spend some money. I mean, it, it, it just shows you how badly New York State is run in comparison to just allowing capitalism, a free enterprise, uh, prevail, figure out a taxable rate, and then just let the entrepreneurs invest, sell, and you just tax it. Let them do all the work. Right, but but I think the idea would be, one, that there's a lot of standards that you want to you want, want to be, have some transparency about what's in these things. You want to have some purity. There's lots of reasons to want the state in there making sure that things are above board. So I don't think, I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things they're doing is a public relations campaign to try to sully the reputation of anyone who doesn't have doesn't, a It doesn't work. It's probably not going to work because it's going to be like any time you, you're dealing with your dealer. In most cases, the dealer wants to keep you as a customer. They're not going to do something to poison you, but who the heck knows? But also the, uh, the purchaser, the customer, they are knowledgeable about what they're looking for, and they prefer California brands of pot. Now, a state-licensed store can only sell product that's been grown and processed and packaged in the state of New York. That puts them at a tremendous disadvantage to the black market, which will give you what you want. If you say you want a particular grade, a particular bud from a particular area, they have the ability to do that, undercharge the state, and they're not charging taxes. Well, this is the problem. This is a problem that ultimately Senator Schumer, Gillibrand, and, and Congressman Jeffries have to solve, is that it's against the law. to trans. It's still a federal crime to transport something from, from California to New York to transport this drug. That is still a federal crime. As a matter of fact, it's still a crime to put the money that you made from this business into a normal bank account. These are glitches in the law. The states are way ahead of the federal government on this. But if you're – I mean, part of the problem is if you're Eric Adams, you're Kathy Hochul, you're building up these legal pot shops, you, it's amazing to me they didn't have a strategy for the illegal no. guys because they actually – they were ahead of the game even before the permits were out. They're like – and they had the signs. It's legal now. The signs are – yeah. you know, and, I mean, in a way, they kind of invited invited this problem, and now – they're saying the prosecution that they're going to do is by the sheriff's office and the Department of Business Services and everything else. It should be if you if you know send someone in there with a buy and bust, you know say you know I want to buy a pound. If they come out with a pound, you arrest the guy. That, that's how I would say. Anthony, this. what they've done is what every other business does to protect itself from the long arm of the law. They've created LLCs. So what generally happens is you have a re, uh, you have landlords who are sitting on open retail space LLCs. They already have a customer, somebody who's involved in retail, normally a bodega, grocery store. The guy comes to them and says, "I tell you what, 
I want to open up a tobacco shop in that empty store sp- uh, space. How about we just go month to month on the lease? You know, it's cash. It's all cash. Uh, if we can't pay the lease, we're out. You know, no no major paperwork. You already got me by the short hairs on the corner there with my bodega and grocery store. And then everybody's in LLC. Try to find out who the landlords are and then try to find out who are the owners of the weed shop. You have to knock yourself I out. I know, but the very least you should do is have the local conditioned police officer in each precinct go in, wave a badge, and say, you know, this is, I, let me see a permit. No permit? All right, I'm taking all the pot for evidence. That, that's the way it should be. That's what they should do. And eventually guys will get the message that this isn't work. You know, if you want to come claim it, you can come down, show me your permit that you're allowed to sell exactly. it. Exactly. It'll be down at the precinct. Exactly. That's what they should be doing. Instead, but they won't. They are treating this as a legal matter when it really is. They need the, they need, the guys they're dealing with understand the legal nuances oh, better than yeah, you and me put is, together. Look, they're business people. Right. They may be on the low end of the scale. But they're business people. Right. They figured out the and they overrun the the, the points, the, the percentages, the profit, and again they don't have to battle the tax. The government unfortunately does not just impose the normal sales tax. If they impose the normal sales tax, eight and a half percent, okay, you may start competing. They're up there thirteen, fifteen percent. They're gouging the consumer, and the consumer look. If you can get a better product. With no tax, you don't have to show ID because remember, you walk into a state-sponsored pot shop. You got to show ID. A lot of people are like, "I don't want to show my ID." You know, yeah, yeah. what are you doing with the ID right away? You know, with COVID over, but still, people are like very suspicious. Why do you need to see my ID? It's a hostile atmosphere compared to a normal illegal weed shop. Come in. What do you want? You got it. Cash. Boom. Done. Out the door. Yeah. No, I I think that's right. I mean, they they did they did this kind of backwards. They should have at the very outset. By the way, as I mentioned a couple of times, they were popping up long before the first permit. So they had plenty of time to kind of sort this out, and they haven't yet. But uh, I tell you, here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that these legal, um, these guys that have the licenses are going to sue the state and say, you're not doing enough. You're you're collecting fees from us to be a licensee, but you're not doing anything to clear. clear. And that's what's going to wind up changing this. But but if I am, I mean, just the, the gym, and they're all over the place. You'll have three or four on one block. Um, I, 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 well, I'll give you an uh, example. The bureaucracy that the state has created, you have to go through layers of various agencies. There's no one-stop shopping. So an entrepreneur, small business guy, small business guy, they see that you've created such an opportunity for them to stay in the black market world. And they'll make as much money as they can. It's all cash, as you talked about it. They'll stuff it in their mattress. You know, they'll keep it home. Their biggest concern is not the sheriff coming in or any state agency. Their biggest fear is the stick-up kids at the end of the day who've been clocking their customers. And no, because they've been standing around. They watch it. Oh, wow, man, I got 200 people today bought uh, pot. They start doing the calculations, and they know they got to come out with the cash unless they hit it in the walls. That's why you see all these robberies. That's why you see it becomes a very, very dangerous occupation to work in an illegal weed shop or to own an illegal weed shop because there are eyes on your business because they know you you can't take debit cards, you can't take take credit cards, you can't take checks, but they know it's cash and cash. Right, because, I mean, we forget that so much of our day-to-day crime is fueled by the drug trade. And just because you're moving it into this kind of gray area that now it's kind of legal, kind of not, doesn't mean that there's not a lot of cash involved in it and a lot of people operating on the fringes of society with it. Um, but something has to be done. It's, it's, 
You know, the other thing that's benefiting this industry is that, as you said in your opening, there's a lot of open storefronts that these guys can oh, go so in. Oh, so many. So so they're getting good deals on that as well. And like you said, they're doing months and months leases. I think, I think you know, the, the, the kind of sweep to do is you is you lead with the cops. You go in there and say, I won't want to make a sale. When they see that there's some, they – they 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 we rummage through the place, take whatever pot they can, bag it as evidence. Say so when you want it, come down, and sooner or later the 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 message will be out. And at least that one place. Will but close. their problem is they don't want to use cops. They don't want to use cops to take out the mentally ill. They don't want to have cops go in and do search and seizure. They basically have neutered the cops. They've created a agency that is not proactive any longer, and they haven't replaced it. Up next. We got to talk about the LLCs, all these companies that own no-tail, motel, Holiday Inn, Holiday Inn Expresses, the Pakistani International Airline that owned uh, the Roosevelt Hotel that just got a sweetheart deal from City Hall, $225 million to house migrants, a thousand rooms, and it's almost impossible to trace who's getting the money because of these LLCs. And look at Orange County up there. You can't get married. You're a veteran. They kick you out. They take somebody in from Venezuela. What a shanda. Yeah, I have a much better. When we come back to the break, I got a much better idea what they can do with that money. I hope so. Because, man, it's the Wild West when it comes to who gets what, where can you go. And if you happen to be an American, get to the back of the line right here on your place to be. Left versus right. It's Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Slewa. Who knows what Rob Astorino has up next. He'll be following us last week. Remember the breaking news he had on Ed Day, the Rockland County executive. Major news that went viral. Rockland got a temporary restraining order. Steve Newhouse in Orange County, that schmuck, that putz, that pendejo, he got Ugats. He got bupkis right here on WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Walters is our agency, right? True. Karen Lewis is our agent. Well up. Zakia and Fourth and Broadway is our record company. Indeed. Okay, so who we rolling with then? We rolling with Rush. Our Rush Town Management. So check this out. Since we talking over this deaf beat right here that I put together, I want to hear some of them deaf rhymes. You know what I'm saying? And together, we can get paid in full, 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 full. The stick-up kid anthem here. Eric B. Rakim paid in full. Anyway, let's talk about Rockland County because last week, right after we finished our program, um, the gentleman who follows us, uh, Rob Astorino, former Westchester County executive, two-time candidate for mayor of the state of New York, had on a date uh, who was the Rockland County executive. Uh, former NYPD cop served the same time as Eric Adams on mayor, GOP. And he's saying, nah, you're not sending up the migrants to the Armoni uh, uh, Hotel and Suites. It's owned by a woman in Muncie, another LLC, goes to court, gets a temporary injunction. They'll hear the case on Monday. Eric Adams did not send any of the migrants he threatened to send. Meantime, uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Steve Mouhout in, in Orange County. He's saying, well, Eric Adams promised me he wasn't going to send any migrants to the Crossroads Hotel. Not only was the Crossroads Hotel willing to accept them in Newburgh, it's another LLC, they kicked out the wedding parties. Yeah, I heard that. They kicked out the vets. There were veterans who were housed there. They were looking for permanent housing. And they basically leased the whole hotel to the Department of Homeless Services, the city of New York. And the um, the county executive in Orange said, but they said they wouldn't send the buses. Next day, two buses arrived, about 80 guys, single able body guys. There's a group welcoming them. Welcome, welcome. We love you. And you say, how come this guy didn't follow in the footsteps of Ed Day? He was he was a dollar short in a day. Well, like. wait, wait, you let's let's change the verbs a little bit. No one's sending anyone. They're finding housing for people wherever they can. Well, is, what do you mean they're finding housing? Well, they're finding housing for people wherever they can, and they, and they and New York City's resources are at they're at their are finished or at their their end, and so we've got to start looking other places. We have no we have no choice but to try to find places that these people can sleep. So it's not like we're sending. It's not like what you're making it sound a little bit the way like DeSantis and and Abbott sent these people, like dumped them somewhere else. We're we're trying to find. We being this the city of New York is trying to find places for these people to sleep. Well, wait a second. They said they were looking at Floyd Bennett Field. You got the big hangars there. They said they were going to put up tents in Central Park, Prospect Park. There's still a lot of things they could do. But they send them up to Rockland yeah, County. Well, yeah, County. I mean, well, yes. I mean, the first place that they always look when they're housing the homeless is hotels, and so they're looking for hotels. So you mean they could be spreading them all over the state? Of Why? New but New Jersey. Yeah, well, if they're, they're one looking, nine. they're looking for hotels to put them in. That's the easiest thing. Those have the most well, services. Those have the. Why can't Eric Adams just say we've had enough? We've taken more than our fair share. You're not getting off the bus because he has a whole entourage meet them at the Port Authority. Uh, you're staying on the bus, and we're shipping you down to Washington, D.C. This is a federal matter. Let Biden, let Harris deal with it. Oh, you know, it's funny because he is, you know, he said he was going to, for the first time, say we are not going to observe this court order that dictates that we have to house people and how there was the subject of a lawsuit that goes back, frankly, a generation now on how children have to be handled, how families have to be handled. He was saying, I, I because of this emergency, I'm going to, I'm going to vitiate that that obligation. But all of that being said is, you know, we have because we're New York and we have this extraordinary responsibility that's been given to us by the courts. We have to try to find housing for these people. He's doing the very best that he can. We are at our wits end. We do need more help from the federal government. But, yeah, I mean, this is this is a this is a big this is a big challenge. and It's really taxing the people of the city of New York. This this what's going on in the border is impacting all of us. All right. But when you're coming across the border and they all have access to Telemundo and Univision and they see what the different American cities are doing, they see that if they choose New York to come to New York City, we have the most generous benefits. We're putting them up in good hotels uh, we're giving them food. We're giving them benefits. The other cities are not doing that. It, it does seem to be a problem. Look, here, here's what I think. You know, I think that the the Biden administration and Congress want to do us a favor. We let these people work someplace temporarily. That's part of the problem because then at least they would be looking for places to settle based on where they think they'd be able to find work, which is which is remember when DeSantis tricked people into getting on the on the the planes to Martha's Vineyard. His people, you know, they his people were telling the people to get them on the bus that there's work for you there. Um, I think most of these people 
Yeah, I think that's the way that I think the Trump admi- the Biden administration can be the most helpful. But I want to tell you something. I've been looking at the numbers just like you have. Here's what the city should be doing. Cities should be buying these hotels. With the amount of money that we're putting in, hundreds of millions of dollars, and these are hotels that have been have been for sale. You know, I know that, that people see the city of New York coming. They, you know, the price goes up, you know, manifold. But, but I think that 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 the the way it should be, we have a perpetual homeless problem. Take these units, turn them into housing if we're when we're done with them, rather than pay just basically paying day, day, the highest day wage uh, day rates imaginable. The reason that they're kicking out weddings is we're getting these people are getting a lot better deal from us for a lo- much longer period of time. I think what we should be doing is buying these hotels, you know, create create some kind of a uh, some kind of a, a fund that we do it from. But the, the 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 Adams people are mopping up, and if you were the mayor, if I were the mayor, we'd be mopping up too. We're mopping up the fact that just the the laws of 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 immigration gravity tend to go to the big cities. People go to where they there's a community of like of people that are similar to them, where their their language is spoken, where there are jobs available and the like. And so New York City is always going to be a place when there is a flood of immigration where we're going to be getting we've had it's been that way since the seventies. Yeah, but I notice uh, all the other cities that have been mentioned Chicago, Philadelphia. They have problems. Uh correct. But I noticed when Eric Adams made the pitch, oh they're doing this to uh uh, black leadership cities with black mayors. You, you totally forgot Philadelphia. The mayor's white there. There's going to be a new mayoral election May 16th. I mean, we may have our second socialist mayor when all is said and done, not just the mayor in uh, Chicago. But the point is, is that they, you know if you're coming across the border where you want to go. They ask you, where do you want to go? And uh, when you look at the TV coverage, the coverage of what you get in New York is so much better than what you get anywhere else. They don't put you up in those hotels I in know, those but other no cities. One, I, I, they send I, you to a I, shelter. I get that, but I, I, you know, I'll eat this table if any immigrant knows Milwaukee, Wisconsin, from you know when they have to say where they want to go. But I bet you there are there is a Venezuelan community here. There is a Guatemalan community here. There, there is yes. I, I don't think that they think that it's going to be easy. But there's a lot of misinformation going on. And who knows why it is that they're that they're coming to New York. But now the whole idea is they're seeking asylum. There won't be asylum hearings for most of them until 12, 13 years from now. Maybe not that much, but it's taking a while, right? Right. So the point is, is that anybody can come across and say they're seeking asylum. It's like an easy pass to come across because then you're housed somewhere in the United States. You're given a date for a hearing. You've got to show up in the federal court. You can actually shop an area where it seems the federal courts have been more favorable. They put the statistics out. Texas is the least favorable. They only they only okay about 20% to 25% of the requests. New York City is very generous, about 75%. So you can actually, it's like your, your, your doctor shop, you shop an area where the federal court system well, is more lenient. Perhaps. I mean, what is happening, the, the one correction I would make in what you said is that you, you can only ask for asylum when you're here, right? So what's happening is that a lot of people are crossing over the border, However they can, through the Rio Grande, through whatever, through across a river, whatever, over a fence, whatever they, they can do. And then they present themselves to then get into the asylum process. The people who are stopped at the border crossings, those are the ones who are expelled that we keep hearing about because people say, no, you, you don't, you're not eligible because you're not from a place. Right. And you know, th- this is what happens because I saw it myself years ago in the San Ysidro Canyon. They catch them. They come across. They process them. They photograph them. They fingerprint them at a center. They put them on these lime green buses. 
They drive them four miles into Mexico, catch, release. They come back to the border, and they come across again. There's no ramifications. Right. There are no consequences. Because right now, but the it incentivizes crossing over, not at a crossing. It crosses over illegally. The whole system is completely screwed up. That's why there's so many of them. 1.3 million people have been caught. Now, actually, that's not true. 1.3 million crossings that they've stopped. Right. They could be the same exact person because they do, in many cases, they don't collect any information from them at all. I mean, the system is completely broken. But as I said a little earlier, you know, it's Congress that has to fix the system, the asylum system. You've got, you've got asylees down there from Ukraine. You've got asylees down there from Haiti, from Turkey, because they, they, from, from the earthquakes there. You've got, you know, because this is the only, this is the only thing. Our legal immigration system is completely broken. So the only way to do it is through the asylum system. You still have Afghani refugees that are there trying to cross over. Right. Yes. But you would think that if you're applying for asylum, you could make your case in your country of origin or in the host country, wherever you're hoping to gain entry to the United States, like Mexico, if you made a deal with them, that there would be asylum hearing centers right there in Mexico. You don't let them come into the United States and then fall through the cracks. I know. You've got to. Then you're creating a giant system to get people to Mexico. (laughs) And then you've got to get your cooperation of the Mexicans. But I think, yes, it's already the law that you're not allowed to cross from one state through an entire country without applying in that first country first. That's already the law. But as part of the process of saying, of, of, of asking for asylum is you've got to show that you're under threat. And so the people are saying the, the, the best way to be able to stay in the United States is not to apply in Guatemala, is to cross over the, river, the, the Rio Grande and apply, you know, just make it any way that you possibly can and then apply. And like you said, then you're given a date of five or six years out. You know, out. I mean, one of the things, the, the easiest thing to do, if they can get the Democrats and Republicans to agree on it, rent a whole bunch of, 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 of Winnebago's and set up temporary hearing offices lining up the border. All right? You show up. Then you're waiting a week or two, and we'll, we'll have you in a detention center, and we'll have special detention centers for families to stay intact. They'll be humane because we're only going to keep you there a couple of weeks, and we roll through these asylum processes because some of them are going to be prima facie no. And and once that word gets out, it's not you're not getting in, and you get to stay there for four or five, six years because the system's so broken. People would stop coming this way. They'll stop. They'll start applying other ways. Say, I don't want to just go all that way just to be be held in a, in a detention center to have a hearing two weeks later at a Winnebago, a temporary place. And the other thing, we don't need judges to do this. Get regular hearing officers to do this. All of these things were contemplated the last time, 2013. It's a long time ago now. When the gang of eight Republicans and Democrats, we both stood up. We had these 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 meetings. We said, listen, let's go do it. And the Republicans walked away and said it would all be amnesty. And they cut the legs under, out from under Rubio, under Lindsey Graham. And that's the last we've heard of the, of the Republicans wanting to do anything. Well, they didn't want to do again. what Reagan did. Reagan, remember, gave uh, blanket amnesty, said now we're going to crack down on the border. Never did. And so it's an endless cycle. But I will tell you this, just in analyzing the movements across the border, an inordinate number of Venezuelans, and you look at the Venezuelans, and a lot of them haven't been back to Venezuela in six to seven years. They broke out about seven years ago when there was the shift over from uh, Chavez, who had died, to Maduro. There was, uh, there was insurrection going on in uh, Venezuela. It was very, very difficult. So people were picking up and leaving. They were going to Colombia, and Chile, also Argentina, Brazil. Hyperinflation there. Right. We cut off their oil so that, that their economy was, was in the tank. Yeah. Right. But they've been out of that country for like six, seven years. 
and they fly into the border airports because I've been on the uh, Mexican border in Tijuana, the Mexican border in Nuevo Laredo. They all have small airports right near the border. You go to Mexico City, you catch a connecting flight. It's the Venezuelans. They got touristers with the rollers on it on the bottom. They're wearing fashion clothes. You say, wait a second, I see these others. They're poor and impoverished, but come so many Venezuelans are coming here. And the point of departure wasn't even Venezuela. Yeah, I mean, that's... but that's, They're scamming us. I know, but that's the exception, not the rule. I mean, most of the people are coming are traveling five, like 2,000 miles, traveling to five countries to get there because the country... And by the way, we contributed, you and me, taxpayers of the United States, we contributed to the, to, to the, the collapsing of the Maduro government, the collapsing of the Venezuelan economy. We said these are bad guys. These are leftists that we don't support. Both Democrats, Republicans agreed. We got to cut off Venezuela's oil, uh, 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 profits from oil, and their, their country went. And so the people fled. We, we have to realize that what we really need to be doing is, is investing pennies on the dollar to keep people where they are. If we can throw a few bucks to prop up a, a country where they are to keep their economy from collapsing, we should probably do it. That's why, I mean, we have an obligation. One of the people, you know, the, the, the Republicans finally said we're going to shut down the, the amnesty system in, in the, house, the new House bill they just passed. Well, you know who that leaves out? It leaves out Ukrainians. It leaves out the, the Afghans who are still trying to come in. There are reasons we do want people to come here to declare uh, to get asylum, and now the entire system is broken. Right, when we come back up next, we got to talk about what's going on in Iowa where there are more pigs than people. You have Trump on one end, the Santas on the other end, they're having dueling uh, meetings, gatherings. We'll see who uh, pulls more supporters. And it is expected the DeSantis camp is giving every hint in the world that probably at some point next week he will formally enter the race. Uh, obviously, this uh, in the aftermath of uh, Trump's uh, town hall meeting sponsored by CNN. We got so much to talk about because it, it does appear that DeSantis is not going to stay out, that he's going to get into it, which is going to make for an exciting Republican primary. Wish we could say the same thing about the <laughs> Democrats. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Weiner, right here, left first, is right. And remember, warming up in the bullpen, who knows what exciting guests he'll have. Rob Astorino who made worldwide news last week, same time, same place, where he had that exclusive interview with Ed Day, the Rockland County executive, who said, Eric Adams, you know, we were both cops together, NYPD, but if you try to bring any of those migrants in here, I'll grab you by the larynx and I'll squeeze the life out of you. Right here on WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. And one side of the Daytona 500 track is Floridian DeSantis. Seems to be giving every sign he's going to jump into the primary race, although he has a big rally in Iowa today simultaneously to Donald Trump, the former president, uh, another Floridian who uh, uh, has been high-fiving uh, others uh, ever since he came off the stage in New Hampshire. 
in that town hall meeting with CNN. Well, what were your observations uh, about the former president's uh, performance and also CNN uh, hosting it? I have no problem with CNN. He was on with, with John and Rita. I mean, I have no problem. The problem is the live part. You can't put a guy who lies that much on live. you got to have some format to be able to to let your listeners know what he's saying isn't correct. And he just kind of went through his – I mean, look, the problem is CNN has no idea what they want to be when they grow up, and so they're eager to get anyone on at all, and they have this the mythology that they're going to capture Carlson's you – know, you know, Tucker Carlson's disaffected uh, viewers – there's no doubt that Donald Trump, he's going to be the nominee. He's definitely going to be a finalist, if not the actual nominee. You've got to cover him. But you already knew how Donald Trump talks at these rallies and how he talks in these settings. There are a couple of people that did it right. Like Dan Sawyer did it pretty well with him, and, and Trump stormed off the set. There were – I remember Wallace did a pretty good job with him when he had to sit down at the White House and, you know, basically every few minutes – Trump would stop and ask for a fact from his staff. I mean, there's a way to do it. It's really very, very hard to do. Um, you know, he was on with with John, and he just said a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't true. He said that the the Kabul uh, the Kabul airbase was in the hands of the Chinese, which wasn't true. He's he he made up a whole bunch of stuff. He said thirty billion dollars worth of military hardware was still in Afghanistan. So now I happen to know this stuff wasn't true. But like, if you're going to interview him, it's very hard. It's it's very hard. I tell you, I'll ask you a question though. If I told you that he was going to be found liable for sexual assault and liable for slandering someone and have to pay a million dollars, you would have probably said that was a bad week for him. It turned out between that and CNN, he's he's been ticking up in all the polls and Biden has been ticking down in all the polls. The more he, the more trouble he seems to run through and it seems like he's undeterred by it the better he seems to do in these polls and the tougher it is for DeSantis well, to get any distraction. We know that Trump is unstable. He's been unstable. What you saw at Donald Trump in New Hampshire is exactly what he's been since 2015. It hasn't changed a beat. People are surprised. Oh, we were hoping maybe get out of here. This is Donald Trump. It's all about Donald Trump. It's not about the country. It's not about America. It's always about Donald Trump. That's why I have consistently said we got to get out with these old timers, Biden and Trump. Uh, Biden is just he's he's spiraling into the abyss now, which just makes Trump stronger because it just seems Biden is so detached. He doesn't have answers. He's stumbling. He's fumbling. Trump comes out. He lies, but he says it emphatically. And if you say something emphatically, yeah. you say it enough times, people are going to believe you because the other guy seems to be stumbling and fumbling. So I think it's really up to both parties. you got to have strong primaries. you got to have challenges. you got to have debates. And you have to allow new candidates to be seen and heard to challenge because all we're going to have is a replay of 2020. Yeah, but they, and nobody, and Americans know, don't want that. I understand. And I, and I think that but this whole notion that there's a party or an organization or an apparatus – you know, when you're the in-party, when you're, in this case, the Democrats, the president controls the nomination process. He gets to decide, you know, that's why they changed it this year, because he was so, so – he has such bad luck in Iowa that they, they changed it. The idea that – I mean, I would be stunned if he had a real debate with RFK Jr. and Williamson, whoever these people are. But he should. I think he should. The same way I think Trump is going to have to get on the stage – with his opponents, but I read some of these stats. He's beating DeSantis in Florida. He's crushing Christie in New Jersey. 
He's crushing Haley and Tim Scott in South Carolina. It's not, I mean, you know, I, I know that, that maybe DeSantis thinks he's going to get a jump start on him in, in Iowa, a, a jump start. But, you know, I don't, I don't really see, I, I don't really see what the lane is that DeSantis thinks he's filling. And he, by the way, he has not been that good either. He's, he, Completely screwed up an answer on, on on Ukraine. Just you know, today he's in Iowa. He's taking questions. What would you do about the border? I would close the border. This is a guy, a Yale college, a Yale law school graduate, who had plenty of time to think about these answers. That's wait, what wait, he comes wait, up wait, with. Wait, wait. He's competing against the guy who said, "I'm president. I will resolve Ukraine and Russia in one in day." One day, yeah. I mean, and his people yeah. believe it. Oh yeah, he could do it in one day. Are you out of your freaking yeah. minds? This guy is all bluster. But how does how does DeSantis do this without attacking Donald? He's got to. Oh no, he? he will. Yeah, he will. And that's why the primary process is important. Mm-hmm. That's why Trump doesn't want a debate. He wants a coronation. That's why Biden doesn't want a debate. They want a coronation. They they are so happy to go back to twenty twenty. Look at Donald Trump. Uh, would you acknowledge you lost the race? Absolutely not. The only thing he didn't mention was Dominion and Smart Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's smart he's, enough he's to stay away lesson. from that, right? That's one lawsuit he'll lose. He'll get crushed on. But other than that, he basically say fraudulent election. Well, what about the next time? If you are the candidate, uh, yeah, if I'm winning, everything is copacetic. If I'm losing, they're stealing the election from me. Come on. This guy, this guy wants to go back and replay 2020, and so does Biden. And so does Biden, exactly. That's, That's not good for the country. Not great for the country. It's good for Biden, good for my team. I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, the CNN thing was so bad for you, democracy and the world and everything no. else. It was fine for no, the Democrats. you, you got a reminder of who Donald Trump is. Well, a lot of people are saying, well, maybe he's matured. Maybe being out of office because he does have experience now, he's talked with world leaders you know, he has the gravitas. He was president for four years, and there were things he no, did well. You're right. He is Donald Trump. He ain't changing. Yeah. Oh, he lied. He fell. What the, when the hell has it? He, he got on the radio and said, Ted Cruz's father assisted Lee Harvey Oswald in the assassination of JFK. Oh, I read it. You know, it's not that I'm saying He'll always See, well, use the, that. the other thing is that people sometimes fall into this trap. Where Donald Trump's a brilliant politician. No, a brilliant politician would realize that what he did at CNN uh, at that town hall is not attractive to swing voters, is not attractive to educated suburban voters who decide presidential elections. It's not a great strategy. They don't want to go back to that. His best strategy would be to shut up and just let Joe Biden keep flopping around like a geriatric, you know, like bumbling his way through things. But but he he can't help himself. He I guess. cannot prevent himself from trying to dominate the stage, yeah. from trying mm-hmm. to dominate the news cycle, and eventually you keep doing that. And again, it's guys who control her. You listen to talk radio, guys. How many women do you hear calling up? Not that many, but you know you know who votes? Women. You know who remembers things? Women. You know who takes it out on you at the ballot box? As Hillary. 2016, she thought she was a shoe-in with a female vote. Shock of all shots. Women broke for Donald Trump. That's why he became president. The reason he lost and he did lose in 2020, they didn't steal the election from him. There's no proof to that whatsoever, is he lost the female vote. And he will lose the female vote this time unless we're in a war or there's a, a depression or a serious recession. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you've got it exactly right. But what I, what DeSantis has to figure out is if he wants to go around saying, listen, I can win, but Trump can't, 
he's got to make that case much more directly, and he has to say the words out loud. I mean, right now DeSantis has been very cute, right? He's raising money on his Florida account, and he's going to try to transfer some in, kind of skirting the law by doing that. He theoretically can't spend any more than $5,000 on a presidential campaign before he opens up an actual presidential campaign, so that will probably be this week. But the the elephant in the room is, is he going to attack Donald Trump? Because you know Donald Trump is going to attack him, and I think he's going to have to. And when that happens, yeah, it's going to be very entertaining for everybody, but I don't think it changes the outcome at the end well, of the he's day. Well, not, he's not Jeb Bush. I think if, uh, if there was any kind of negotiation behind the scenes, if Christie jumps in, he, he has no shot at winning, but he comes in as the bully. Uh, we saw what he did to little... Uh, Little Rubio, remember, on that stage in New Hampshire. Now, just imagine you got DeSantis on one side of Trump. You got Christie on the other side. And these guys are tough. They're not, they're not Jeb Bush. What, they, what is DeSantis showing you? What is DeSantis showing you? He hasn't shown me anything yet. I uh, think you could agree. Jeb Bush might be exactly what they are. No. No, he's not Jeb Bush. Tell, tell you. He's getting in this race. He's raising money. He's doing all the things. He's setting up committees. They're trying to preemptively basically give him a brisk before he can even get started. Have you ever seen so many uh, ads in advance against a candidate getting into a race? I mean, the Trump people have blitzy. Yeah. They're afraid of DeSantis, so they wouldn't be doing this. Why are they spending so much money preemptively trying to not only damage DeSantis, but to basically create a, a myth? Oh, uh, he's going to take your Social Security. He's going to take your Medicare, right, Medicaid. Right. That's what Democrats do to Republicans. Nah, it's, it, that's a, Come on, you know that. People, you know, you if, if you're the front runner and someone's getting in the race, you want to define them before they have a chance to do it. Let's say, let's say, I have seen nothing from DeSantis that makes me think he's he's tough enough for this, but let's say. He's the new Jack, and people are tired of Trump. Yeah. They're tired of Biden. Poll after poll. American people want someone else. Now, if somebody were good who could come along and had a lot of personal wealth, Third-party candidate this time around might have a good shot. But they have to be organized, and they have to be willing, like a Ross Perot, without all the baggage, to spend a lot of money. Because I talk to people all the time. They're not happy with Trump, and they're not happy with Biden. They say almost universally, we do not want to go back to 2020. This is true. Because if Trump loses, what's he going to say again? They stole it. Except he won't mention Dominion and Smartmatic. He's too smart to know that they would come after him for every nickel, dime, and penny that he's got. Enough of this. Out with the old, in with the new. Anyway, up next, you may have too uh, too many olds in your lineup there with the Mets, especially your pitchers. And my beloved Yankees, although they seem to be making a comeback against Tampa, just keep swinging for the fences. Don't seem to be playing fundamental baseball We'll give you all an update, left versus right. And who knows this week what kind of news that Rob Astorino will make. I don't know how he can top last week when he had Ed Day on, the Rockland County executive, who basically took on uh, Eric Adams' mano mano about sending migrants up to Rockland County. He said, I'll, I'll grab your larynx right out of your throat if you try it. That was a great interview. Hopefully he's got another surprise interview uh, lined up of next, 4 to 5, with Rob Astorino. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. When Mr. Tiffany's and bottles of bubbles.
What kind of baseball uh, music is this? I mean, come on, we're talking baseball here. It's the kind of music you cry over, right? Yeah. Well, that might be why. I mean, there hasn't been much baseball going on in the two stadiums that are on New York. I mean, the Yankees look like they might be riding the ship a little bit. The Mets, you know, the, the Mets, are, Mets are toying with 500 over here. We, I mean, we're, we're, we're eking out wins against the Nationals. You, me, and Christian can beat the Nationals. What's your prognosis? Uh, you've invested, your guy Cohen has invested a hell of a lot and a lot of older arms. Uh, what, what, now that the, it's warmer weather, it's baseball weather now. Well, look, the, the Knicks are down, the Rangers and Islanders are finished, baseball season officially begins now. We, we can turn our attention. I mean, the only thing the Mets have going for them as compared to the Yankees is Tampa doesn't look like they're coming back. To, to earth. They, they look a really good team. They were a good team even with fewer players. And now they look really good. The the American, the National League East is not that great. We can probably, you know, we're only five or six games out. But I, I am concerned. I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the two big aces that are gobbling up hundreds of millions of dollars have not been showing up for us. And that was supposed to be, that was supposed to be our ace in the hole, no pun intended, was we had starting pitching. It's not looking good. Well, when all other things fail, when baseball fails you, when all of a sudden uh, it's not your passion, the passion that everybody has is for their mothers. Now, luckily, uh, Anthony, your mother is still with you. Mine, Francesca, departed uh, years ago. But this is the one day that people really focus on Mother's Day. Not so much Father's Day. A lot of times you look at the uh, returns on Father's Day of gifts. It's heavy. (laughs) Mother's Day, they're never enough gifts. They run out of gifts. So to your mother, obviously, this must be a, an extraordinarily uh, special occasion as she's shopping there. What is that, in the co-op? Uh, she's she's at the Park Slope Food Co-op picking out the uh, the organic Brussels sprouts or whatever the heck she's <laughs> doing over there. But uh, she was a teacher's teacher for how many she years? She was a teacher 30-some-odd years. She was at IS-88 in, in, in the Slope, and then she... Uh, she was at, at Midwood High School. I still get stopped on the train sometime by guys who say, yeah, I had your mom for math, and I kind of tense up a little bit thinking I'm going to get slugged. But uh, but now now she's tutoring Jordan, so she still stays sharp. Well, Happy Mother's Day. To everybody out there, right, uh, make sure you reach out to your mom, your grandma, uh, visit their gravesite if, uh, if the occasion provides itself because, let's face it, many of us had great moms, some not so good, some not good at all. But without them, you wouldn't be here. That simple. Dad alone can't deliver. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe he makes the donation in the Petri dish, but that could have been his, his only participation in your growing up. His mom, who had to do the heavy lifting. That's so for sure. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to listening to Rob Astorino up next. He was making uh, real big news last week with his exclusive interview with Ed Day. Let's see if he tops it this week right here on WABC.